Ladies and gentlemen, from All Seasons Studio 306 in Midlothian, Virginia, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, The Truth Behind Gender Selection. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Continue that best behavior, folks, as always. Absolutely. You're an example for your children, by the way. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Undiluted Truth. My name is Ben. Let's welcome in our host, Mike. How are you doing this afternoon? I am really doing fantastic. Wonderful. Considering, yeah. considering the heat here in our beautiful state, uh, it's pushing the upper 90s and they're talking about a record. Uh, I don't know what record they're talking about, but uh, oh. whether it's humidity or temp. But Days in a row over 100? Uh, no, actually, I do think oh, it, uh, okay. it's, it's just the flat-out temperature. So, But uh, gotcha. bottom line is I would prefer this opposed to the alternative. Um, I'm, I function a lot better in warm weather opposed to extremely cold. So anyway, uh, I'm doing fantastic. It's Excellent. good to be back in the studio again. Yes, it uh, is, as an, always. An intriguing uh, episode title uh, uh, here. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this is, this is going to be... A little bit, a little bit stunning, a little bit uh, sort of straight in your face. The information that we're gathering is one of our—it's off of Epic Times and one of our favorite, uh, I guess, uh, shows that they put out as uh, American Thought Leaders with Jan Yukalik, and he has a, a a doctor, Miriam Grossman, and she has been on the circuit uh, speaking about the gender, let's just call it dysphoria or whatever you will, just the nonsense of of attacking our children as far as allowing them and and, and trying to, uh, uh, well, allow them to be able to <laughs> determine what sex they are and, and so forth. You know, I saw a, a story just, a couple of days ago, and I thought this is really, this is really interesting. It was a story about, and I believe it was in Ireland. Pretty sure that's where it was. But a okay. a a town or city has outlawed the use of personal Apple phones for kids, and they were specific. They were specific, and they they were outlawing them until they get out of elementary school. Now, I did not read all of the story, but I was curious as to what did they determine what grade or age. And I, the best I could gather, it was like once you become a teenager, you can you can legally have in this. Now, this was not the whole country. It was in the, this right. small, small yeah. town. Because they're seeing a, a, a psychiatric effect of having phones when you're first, second, third grade. is it, And this sort of ties into what we're going to talk about today, because this is where these children are targeted at a young age. And then you're going to hand them a phone and give them access to 
who knows right. God knows anything. So yeah. Yeah. I, I I really think that 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 was a bold move in my opinion, and, and maybe we can sort of figure out or pull that up and and give kudos to that small town in in Ireland, and hopefully maybe somebody here in the United States will be so bold. Yeah. Now, is that just Apple phones or like any phone, like? Basically, I or? I think they use it. I think the iPhone was mentioned, and I think okay, specifically okay. because that's almost like the it's just the brand that flows all you know out. Right. But it okay. is it is having access to everything. Right. I got you. And okay. but but that, that's a fair question because are they anti? Apple are they anti whatever I mean so right uh, like is it cell phones across the y- bandwidth so yeah. to speak or is it just like hey we're picking this brand because it's in our area the yeah. most popular kind of thing but it was kids but, yeah. it, it was it was children right. specific and age specific so oh, that's good yeah. um, and and personally I think it makes sense so mm-hmm. Absolutely. and then and I believe this actually ties right into that topic of Ladies and gentlemen, we're losing our children, you know, and somebody right. somewhere has got to stand up for them. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Undiluted Truth. And it is good to be here, you truth seekers and rock tumblers. Uh, just a quick reminder, uh, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbine, Audible, Podbean, and more. And more. And more. Yes. Mm-hmm. So great to have each and every one of you here, and we feel honored to bring the, uh, bring you the information that we do. And without any further delay, Ben, are we ready? We are ready. Well, let's get into this thing. Here we go. American Thought Leaders and Jan Kelly. Dr. Miriam Grossman is a child and adolescent psychiatrist and author of Lost in Transnation, A Child Psychiatrist's Mm. Guide Out of the Madness. The last time, Jan, that we in psychiatry tried to help people with emotional disorders by changing their body, do you know when that was? Lobotomies. In this episode, Dr. Grossman breaks down what every parent needs to know about so-called gender-affirming care. Know your rights. What you want to do is put the school on notice, even if your child is only entering kindergarten. This is America wow. Thought Leaders, and I'm Yanya Kellick. Dr. Miriam Grossman, such a pleasure to have you back on American Thought Leaders. I'm so glad to be back, Jan. Thank you. Well, congratulations on Lost in Transnation. Uh, you know, we've sat down before for a two-part, pretty long two-part interview. We looked at a lot of elements. There's some, some of that is in the book. I want, I think you're pretty unique in this space of people who are let's call it standing up to gender ideology as a child psychiatrist. And I want to start here and just get you to tell me how it is that you ended up here. Well, it, it really all started around 15 years ago. Uh, I was studying sex education and I came across uh, all this material about gender and gender identity and that the binary of male and female is false and that that male-female binary is actually oppressive and restrictive and it's something that we need to fight against. And 
As a child psychiatrist, well, for, I mean, I was astonished to come across such bizarre ideas, first of all, because it is a bizarre idea to, to tell children that they, are, they might be neither male or female. They might be something in between. They might be both. That the way that they feel is more important than their bodies. Uh, and I felt immediately uh, alarmed because these are very destabilizing ideas. Mm. Male and female is at the core of our humanity. And I wrote a chapter in one of my earlier books, my book, You're Teaching My Child What? Um, which is a book on sex education. It came out in 2009. Wow. And I have a chapter there called Gender Land because I was comparing it to Alice in Wonderland. It was so bizarre and so not founded in any biological truth whatsoever. So I warned parents at this time, at that time, in 2009, that this will be a disaster for our children. And it took the uh, calamity, I'm gonna call it, that we're now in with the, uh, you know, hordes and hordes of tens of thousands uh, of, of kids who are now proclaiming an identity other than being male or female, other than their biology, demanding hormones and demanding that their puberties be stopped and uh, asking for, for mastectomies and genital surgeries and all the rest of it, that people began to wake up and, and, and notice this. People think that it happened overnight, it did not. I've been watching it in slow motion over the past 15 years, mm. one step mm -hmm. at a time. It's important for parents to understand how long this has been around and you know, where it came from, where the ideas came from, and how we've reached where we are right now. And so I, I spell all of that out. You know, for example, in our previous interview, we talked about uh, John Money and his role and his, you know, experiments to, I don't like using that word, but, but yes. Um, so I'll recommend our, our viewers, you know, to take a look. I think it, it, at, at that interview as well, and as a compliment to this one. You know, you, you say something in the book, which I thought was very interesting. You just you say there's really three kinds of gender dysphoria. There, there's two that traditionally were seen. And the third one is this new, what rapid onset gender dysphoria. Right. But it's, it basically kind of, it's, it's pretending to be one of the first two. I'll just start off with just making one point about John Money. John Money uh, spent his life promoting his theory that you could separate identity from biology and that it was how a person felt uh, that took precedence over the particulars of their anatomy and their chromosomes. Now, he did do an experiment on those unfortunate twins in order to prove his theory. The experiment was the worst kind of disaster that you could imagine. And yet, because we only knew after decades that his experiment was a disaster, a total failure, his theory took hold. And people, uh, uh, you know, medical disciplines and 
in the soft sciences, psychology, uh, sociology, and, 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 and numerous, numerous fields all adopted his theory and the foundation is just quicksand. So you asked me about the different kinds of gender dysphoria. Gender dysphoria is an intense feeling of discomfort with your sex, with your body. Okay, pause real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, just hold that thought. But you know, w when you're in a when you're covering a topic, or you don't, you're going down a lane that you're not. It's not part of you know your expertise or lifestyle. You're going to hear things, and and whether it be you know uh, uh, conditions, diseases, you know uh, experts, uh, whatever. The right. history in this fellow named John Money. You know, I can. Tell you, it wasn't until most recently that I've even heard of this particular fellow. Hmm. And so, what he did, just look him up. He took a, a set of twins, or a set of twins, and he, he suggested that they degender one of them and make him the gender the opposite of what he was. And basically, it was okay. an experiment. And that's what happened. And then that particular young twin, as they got older, committed suicide. It's a complete failure. Hmm. But she stated it very well. That alone was sort of the beginning, uh, and and that took hold of wow, this we could really make this work. And, and anyway, sort of a sort of a sick beginning. But I think it's important to mention this fellow's name because you know, you're throwing around names. Well, when you hear John Money. Uh, know that uh, that story was was sort of a catalyst of just more evil to to come. Wow! And, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, so let's get into. She was just asked that question about uh, you know the three types of dysphoria, and, and she said, well, first of all, you're uncomfortable with who you are, your right. your your, yeah. your gender, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so. And I don't doubt that could be real thoughts, and you know, I'm not sure, especially in our society today, right? More so, and even when I was growing up, you know, I, I know one of the things that we were taught. Uh, you know, my dad was military. He was he was one of the just old tough guy um, type of man. Uh, worked hard, and but you know, back then it was. Okay, you know, eat this; it'll put hair on your chest. You know, be a man, be a man, be tough. You know, and and right, yeah. So you know, the, you know, young men that weren't athletic and whatnot, you know, they they would hear things like this, and they're like, well, I don't, I don't, well, I don't necessarily want to be tough. That to, uh, you know, football right. players again; those are tough guys. I like to read. I like to. You know, right. so I could understand yeah. even back then the thought might go, well, I'm, you know, I don't want to be a tough guy. Yeah, there's some psychological yeah. aspects to that. Absolutely. And, and that's normal thought processes. Yeah. But, but to start to change, you know, the biology or attempt to change the biology of, of human beings because of just some natural questions uh, right. is, is just taking it a, a bit far. But uh, anyway, let's continue on here. Um, it's a, also a feeling of discomfort with the sort of expectations that you might feel are placed on you um, by society, by the culture, 
by nature of being a boy or a girl, the expectations. And we always, we've always known that there are extremely rare individuals who, who have gender dysphoria and they suffer. And it can actually be a, a very debilitating condition. We've known about this for about 100 years in psychiatry. And essentially, um, people with gender dysphoria, I'm going to sort of oversimplify here, but they fell into two categories. And the first category were mostly young boys. They were pre-puberty. They were young, like preschoolers. Um, well, the, really the, the poster child for childhood onset gender dysphoria is Jazz Jennings. Jazz Jennings, uh, you know, went to his parents when he was two, three years old and already at that time was insisting that either he is a girl or he's just, he has to become a girl because he feels so uncomfortable with his body. So that is classic childhood onset gender dysphoria. Now those kids were mostly boys and we know from the studies that were done on them throughout all the decades that they've been, even though very, very rare, so the studies are, are scarce and the studies have a small number of kids in them because these kids were so rare. So rare, in fact, that uh, 20 years ago, Jan, we only had in the entire world three clinics uh, that, that helped these families that had kids with gender dysphoria. Three clinics, Toronto, uh, London, and uh, Amsterdam, Holland. Wow. So, and, and they weren't busy. They did not see a lot of kids at all. They may have seen 18, 20 kids a year. And we know that the vast majority of these kids, if you adopt a, a, a watchful waiting approach, watchful waiting, meaning you give them support with their feelings, with how they're feelings, you give the family support, and you, know, you might allow certain behaviors or ways of dressing, but you do not socially transition the way that we are doing now. So between 60 and over 90% of these kids, if they go through puberty and into young adulthood, they will, uh, they will outgrow their gender dysphoria. A lot of them are gay and lesbian, but they are comfortable with their bodies. So that's a majority of those kids. The other group of individuals with gender dysphoria that we were always aware of are middle-aged heterosexual men who enjoy cross-dressing, wearing women's clothing, who as, as uh, in middle age decide, typically after being married and having children, decide that they would like to go through the remaining of their lives presenting as women. And so they are the second group and they uh, sometimes go through the medical transitioning so that they, they appear more like women. Now, those are two unique groups, different demographics. Uh, you know, like I explain in the book, gender dysphoria is a symptom. A symptom, for example, like fever. Fever can be due to many different conditions. Mm -hmm. You can have a fever because you have an infection. Uh, you may have an autoimmune disease. You may have cancer. Many different conditions 
cause fever. Fever is, is not just this, uh, this condition that you, you, you're going to treat all fevers the same way. Absolutely not. That would be, that's not medicine. We don't do that. We try to understand the source of the fever, right? And then we treat it accordingly. Now, what's happened is that with gender dysphoria, now we have this third group, which we never saw before. Mm. And it's really only been around, let's say, 10 years, 8 to 10 years. And we've had an explosion of gender dysphoria in teenage girls. Not all girls, maybe 60%, a majority of girls, a lot of boys as well. But what's new here is the demographic. They're teenagers. Most of them never had any issue with being a girl in the past. They might have, in fact, been very girly girls. Uh, and uh, the boys as well, many of them never had an issue with being a boy. And what we know about this particular group is that they have a lot of comorbid previous psychiatric conditions. A lot of them are on the autism spectrum. They have anxiety, they have depression, they have ADHD, they have family issues, they have a history of trauma, all sorts of things. Uh, we also know that many of them, before they come out as, uh, as being transgender, they have spent an inordinate amount of time online. And they have mm -hmm. been exposed to these ideas through social media, through influencers on YouTube. You know, YouTube has hundreds, if not thousands, of kids who document their transitioning mm -hmm. and who will, you know, come on there once a week or once every few weeks and say, you know, I've been on testosterone now for two weeks. My voice is starting to go. They're, they're documenting their journey. And it's sounding very exciting and very positive. And uh, I know that many, many of these kids are binging on these YouTube videos and getting drawn into it. Now, so there's a whole uh, picture that is being formed and, and about this new demographic of kids. It was described first by a researcher from Brown University, Lisa Lippman. She wrote a groundbreaking paper in 2018, describing this new group of kids, teenagers, mostly girls, and mostly with psychiatric uh, comorbidities, and no history of being uh, unhappy about being girls. So when we talk about the Scandinavian countries and England, uh, as well as medical groups that have come out in France, uh, New Zealand, and Australia, urging caution in treating these kids with uh, medical, medical interventions, it's because they have realized that, that we don't yet have enough data on this, young, on this particular group. I, I describe this in the book, especially Sweden. There was a huge uh, case in Sweden regarding a girl that was placed on blockers and developed uh, osteoporosis and, and spinal fractures after a few years. And uh, it was that particular case that really blew the lid off of the whole gender-affirming care in Sweden and led them to an investigation. An apology was issued to the family of that girl. 
Uh, the hospital acknowledged their malpractice. That was when they examined this whole treatment protocol and decided to essentially ban it until such a time as we have more information on this group. What these so let's let's pause it right there. And and that particular okay. that particular girl has been sort of all over with different within different interviews this this one girl and she's brought a lot of things you know uh out in the open about the bad things that happened to her you know okay so you know i i think you look at it and, and you go well she had some osteoporosis she had a lot of different things uh internally i mean some really difficult things go wrong with her body and you think well, just start injecting things that should not be in the body and, and at high doses to try to make... I mean, just think about what you're doing it for. Right. And exactly. you don't think that there's going to be any repercussions of that. It's... it, it Right. Yeah, it, it's absolutely just insane. But I, I, I'm listening, and, and I think there's one thing we can't rule out because you... She was talking about the ADHD, the, the, you know, some of the so-called comorbidities of some of these people anyway. And then you throw in the, the, the constant media or right. social media, I should say, yeah. influence. And, exactly. And you're going to have some, I don't know, some heavy influence of things that are going on. But what I was getting at... What has ramped up over the last, I would say, 20 years mm-hmm. and exponentially has gotten to a higher level. But th- all of these kids are being vaccinated as children. I mean, like gangbusters, mm-hmm. multiple types of vaccines all at one time. You know, yeah. we used to have the MMR, you know, you had three, you had four or five. I don't even know the number so astronomical now about all of the different kind of vaccines these kids are getting. And you and I know just on research and what we've done here is all of this is unnecessary, period. None of it needs to to be injected. So I'm not saying that, and I have no idea if she's going to connect those dots, but I just can't help think that could sort of load the gun, if you will, Oh, and, yeah. and then you're starting to be influenced and in the lifestyle. And, and of course, it, I, it, it has to go down, you know, in, in the lane of it's accepted now. It's a lot easier to, to do it if it's accepted. Nobody wants to go against the grain. Right. So yeah, exactly. all of it is almost coming together like a perfect storm. But mm-hmm. uh, what she was calling out initially were basically decisions made by adults and conditions made by adults. 18 a year, that's nothing. I mean, golly days, about the doctor these days sees 18 people in a day, you yeah. know. It, so yeah. 18, 18 people 18 in a, in a year. year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's really not much. It's not much at all. But now we're seeing this push of, of younger, of younger yeah. girls. Uh, and uh, you got to ask yourself why, you know, and I think mm-hmm. you and I know why. And uh, I mean, one of the biggest reasons, I mean, you can have, I mean, they're tr- even trying to blend God into it all, uh, you know, not just do away with God, but sort of blend God in uh, that, you know, he, 
would want that. He's freedom of choice, freedom of, you know, you should right. have the ability to choose. Yes. Well, he's not going to get in, he's not going to force anything, but, you know, we need to be careful. Our enemy is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And mm-hmm. if we're not careful, our children can get way down the road and, you know, to a point of no return. That's and there's right. there's some, some really sad stories. I'm looking forward to... Uh, hearing uh, the rest of this at a later date. Yeah. Uh, and, and we will bring it to you. So anyway, uh, I, she, she has, as they might say, she has plenty of cred. I mean, she's been around, you know, so uh, I, right. I, I, I like uh, uh, Dr. Grossman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that's pretty much a wrap here on this one, Ben. Um, and we will close out with a word of prayer. All right. Father in heaven, Thank you again for this opportunity to bring truth to those that are listening. Thank you again for this platform and the many other individuals like Dr. Grossman, uh, Jan Yakalik, and and all of those that are doing their best to show us out in the world what is really going on, just based on facts. And it is the, the fact that it goes against the grain, which makes it very difficult sometimes to stand. But we pray that your spirit, your strength, be with each and every one of those. And Father, there's many young people out there now that have that have done these things and are regretting it. There's 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 parents that are grieving over what is going on. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit infiltrate into the minds and the hearts of these families that you can bring them through this in a way that is acceptable in your sight and according to your will. And until next time, we ask that every intent of our thought be pure. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, continue to diligently seek truth. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the truth behind the microphone. I was about to say, it, boys and girls. <laughs> I just, and it, it went in my brain and threw me off. Like, what am I Ladies and gentlemen, boys, boys and, and girls, girls, whichever one you decide. That would have been a good one. <laughs> we could have thrown that in there. We could have. Oh, well. Yeah. Going, yeah. You yeah. always keep rolling. Oh well. Yeah. Right. We'll try this again. Ladies and gentlemen, all Studio Three Hundred Six. Yeah. The truth behind gender selection. Boy, yeah. boys and girls. Yeah. I, I may just leave this beginning in there. I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll just throw it in at the end. Or well, we are beginning. pulling this information from American thought leaders, so oh. maybe we're leading from behind. Right. <laughs> How long is this thing? I think it, there we go. Yeah. All right. 
Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, right. all seasons, Studio 306, now, the truth behind gender selection. The undiluted th- truth. My brain uh, is intro now take two. two. And my brain is now untied. All right, let's just roll okay. it again. Here we go. All right.